0: Hello, and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. Glad to have you here. Uh, I I am joined by some pretty amazing folks today. I've got... Thomas Manning over here, yeah. and, and Thomas, you may not be able to see it. We've, we've had the makeup team come in, but yeah. Thomas got a little sunburn Just over little the weekend. Bit. Yeah,
1: Curse yeah. of a Redhead. Curse
0: that's, of a Redhead. Yeah. And, uh, and sort of a Darth uh, Maul look. <laughs> 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 and then uh, Dr. Jack Lawrence over there, the original Invisible Man, uh, you were snow skiing this weekend. I don't want to talk about that. Had a few issues. I don't remember much about it. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, because yeah. you did have a fall. My mom watches this show, you know. she doesn't know this. <laughs> okay, it was a fall, and if things go a little off the rails more than normal today, and, and Greg just starts jabbering, it may be the concussion that he's not sure if he has Shh, or not. I didn't have a concussion. He did not have a concussion. Yeah, okay, I, I, no I, concussion. Uh, we will see. Uh, we're going to bring <laughs> in, uh, aren't, don't we have, like, nurses down the hall? Yes. Okay, we'll bring in the nursing team uh, during the break. Actually, you could just. They do drop it. in
2: on me from time to time anyway. <laughs> they worry we could do
0: it me. during the show. We could just have them do some, some testing. That's true. So That's let's. True. Uh, hey, Tim, back on the Tim cam. Uh, Tim, do you think you could uh, make a phone call? I uh, get the interns to run down the hall and see if they could get the nurses. That would that, be a better use of their time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, welcome to no me. You're kind mini of probing. N- I'm just saying. I'm drawing the line. <laughs> Well, welcome He's to Meet Me to the Movies. We are going to talk films today, and The Invisible Man is really kind of on everybody's mind. I really love the Blumhouse Productions. Um, we've talked about them before on this show, um, Greg, and I love yeah. that they are all about low budget, but find a way to do low budget with quality. Yeah. And they've had so much success over the past few years by doing that, and they've really made a name for themselves, and they've continued to do it. It's not just, okay, now that we've got the money, we're going to just put a big money in it. They stick to the formula yeah. of low budget, typically under $10 million for that first film, and um, they get big names to come and be a part of their productions. The Invisible Man, uh, a film that you got a chance to see. So Greg's going to give us a review today. We're very happy no, about I'm that. Not, I wouldn't go. It's not that organized. <laughs> My head. Remember, I have a con- concussion. <laughs> but this is a $7 million budget. Uh, it opened worldwide that debut weekend almost $50 million. The reviews of it are pretty solid, Rotten Tomatoes, 90%, uh, Google reviews, 89%, and Letterboxd, four out of five stars, so pretty solid yeah. reviews so far for this yeah. film. So last week you were telling me you loved The Invisible Man when you talk about the Universal I Horror films. I, I do, I do. I have a weakness for The Invisible Man. Uh, Claude Rains'
2: original version, which you're going to talk about later, I think, yeah. right? Uh, it was a lot of fun. And this, this was... Interesting, it was a totally different spin, uh, it was as much a film about domestic violence as it was a sci-fi picture.
0: So what was it um, that, um, the acting talent, you have Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss, she's terrific as
2: always, and she has such an expressive face, you can read everything she's thinking, and, and
0: she, just another great role for her. The film—it's uh, probably 90 plus minutes, so it's a relatively yeah. short. It's about tight. two hours actually. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Thomas is the research if, guy, the R&D guy. Thanks thanks for research. Two for hours, four minutes to me. Two hours. It didn't yeah. feel yeah. like two hours because you
2: said 90 minutes. I bought in. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's, it's a tight film. You don't watch the clock.
0: So, uh, what is it that really uh, attracted you to this film and kept you involved? Because you've watched. Pretty much all the Invisible Man-related films. Yeah. You and I watched memoirs of with an Invisible Chevy Man Chase, with Chevy Chase, Daryl Hannah. <laughs> yeah, so
2: she was in that, wasn't she? I miss her more than him.
0: <laughs> so, so what is it about this one that really? really I think stuck with I you? think the domestic violence spin okay. on
2: it. The bad guy was a uh, a scientist who dealt and uh, made his fortune in optics, and he developed. I don't know. Should I say too much? I don't. Know, you should probably well, shouldn't taste him but that's the science fi sci fi element right. of it but he uses that basically to pursue elizabeth moss who was his girlfriend who had left him he's a stalking her basically
0: and so are there times that you find and this probably isn't given a whole lot of way either do you find that she's having to convince people that she's not oh absolutely crazy? Yeah, yeah yeah
2: again we always talk about how it starts with the story yes yeah, uh, Not H.G. Wells' original, right. but a pretty darn good one this time around. Just, yeah. a, again, a totally different spin. And Elizabeth Moss can carry anything. Yeah, special about. effects pretty decent as well? Um, yeah, it's sparse. Okay. Um, you know, with the traditional horror movie, you look in the edges of the frame... To look for a shadow or see who's there. You don't even have that to you're invisible. tip you off this time. But when you do finally get a glimpse of him and you finally see him, it, it, it
0: there is a jolt there
2: anyway. Right. Again, the effects are sparse, but effective.
0: Yeah, just a yeah. few years ago, Universal was hoping to come back with the dark universe. Right. And they had this, these plans in place to have several of these films connected. An Invisible Man, we saw The Mummy with, with Tom Cruise. And it was The Mummy's lack of success that allowed them to, well, that, that kind of forced them to say, okay, yeah. we're, we're, we're not going to pursue yeah, big this. Big budget anymore. film, too. Yeah. Right?
1: I believe it even made $400 million at the box office worldwide, but because it had such a big budget, it wasn't even profitable, and the reviews were all over the place, well, mostly negative. And, you know, comparing that to what we have with The Invisible Man, a $7 million budget, so much more su- yeah. successful both financially and critically.
0: Yeah, and that's just, you know, with yeah. the debut weekend. That yeah. that. Is this
2: considered an intentional relaunch of that franchise?
1: I, I, it's not part of the dark universe from what I understand. Um, actually, listening to an interview between the Real Blend podcast, your friend Sean O'Connell mm-hmm. and Kevin McCarthy and Jake Hamilton, they were speaking with the director of The Invisible Man, uh, Lee Wannell and uh, it's basically its own self-contained
0: universe. Sorry. But I think it's something that if you continue to see Blumhouse being able to do stuff like this, you may be able to see some of these other films that carried the universal horror titles with them, maybe finding a way within, within Blumhouse Productions. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't surprise me if that could happen, because I think it does go back to the story and also goes back to the casting and finding a way for those two to merge and, and this happened. So what was your rating for this? Oh, I give it a B plus. Okay, solid, yeah, cool. Yeah. Solid B+, plus, uh, for The Invisible Man in theaters. Um, there's a uh, new Harry Potter film that's out. Is that right, Tom? Is that
1: what I hear? <laughs> well, not quite. No? Uh, what? S- starring Daniel Radcliffe.
0: Oh, okay. So Harry yeah. Potter is starring in another film. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, somewhat. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, this is, uh, yeah, Escape from Pretoria. It's uh, actually adapted from the autobiography of Tim Jenkin, who was a... Uh, This takes place back in apartheid era of South Africa, and Tim Jenkins was a white man who was arrested along with a friend of his, uh, Stephen Lee, played by Daniel Weber, and Jenkins, played by Radcliffe. So the two of them were arrested because they were, you know, quote, radical terrorists who were speaking out for... Equality and integration, which of course is not radical, but in that era and that geographical location, that was seen as such. And uh, so they're arrested and they had this, now they're in prison, Pretoria prison, and they had this whole dilemma even um, um, among the prisoners within Pretoria. Um, Some of them were arrested for similar things, but there's some ideologies that kind of clash. Do you Stick it basically stick it to the man by serving out your sentence and just accept responsibility and become a martyr, or do you do everything you can to break out of the prison and continue the fight in the outside world? Huh, so interesting. very interesting to see. Um, so the choices that are yeah.
0: made to continue to find a way to um, promote the equality that you right, want to promote.
1: right, yeah, and it's really interesting to see even within that group this group that is fighting for equality there's even some division among them so that just kind of goes to show that there's division everywhere and uh different degrees different levels of that but i found that to be a very interesting thing to explore
2: Okay. Yep. I have a question. Yeah. How old is he? I haven't heard the phrase, stick it to the man, since 1974.
0: Groovy, baby. Well, they were probably saying stick it to the man quite a bit in this particular Oh, film. yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, yeah, if you yeah. watched uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you probably saw stick it to the man well, a few times. Well, yeah, in the 70s. Uh, or yeah. Dolomite, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so the, go ahead. Uh, Sorry, did I get off topic there? Never mind, <laughs> forget perfectly it. Perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, but um, <laughs> the... You know, the core of this narrative is the escape plan. It's, it's a prison break movie in many ways. So you have Radcliffe and Weber's characters, and also they come into contact with uh, Mark Leonard Winter's character, who's Leonard Fontaine. Mark Leonard Winter, keep your eye on him. He is, he very much reminds me of Daniel Day-Lewis, just in wow, his, okay. his mannerisms, his facial expressions, his eyes are gorgeous eyes. And uh, I'm sorry, Greg. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over Greg's here. Greg's trying to pass
0: Look, around the coronavirus. I'm I trying to be. Oh no, that's all about. I was trying to be. I sneezed and blew my script in the floor. Yeah, more. yeah.
1: But yeah, so.
2: Boy, the, we're a smooth production, we aren't are, we? Man. Our studio
1: audience—they're oh, wow. loving they, it.
0: They laughed. Oh you. goodness. Yeah. Blame them.
1: But the story: of these three prisoners—they have to work together, use their unique talents and unique gifts and resources to hatch. A uh, very intricate escape plan okay. involving a series of keys, um, the way you get the perspectives of each of these characters as they're putting together the puzzle pieces of everything. Okay. Puzzle pieces mentally and physically, wow. metaphorically, and uh, just the way it's shot and edited is very, uh, very Okay.
0: And with a period piece that takes place uh, in, in in South Africa, yeah, it's yeah. place. Uh, what's the uh, production design what is that like yeah. for this
1: pretty sound? Uh, for the most part, it takes place inside of a prison. Right. And uh, it's your standard, you know, barren walls. You got your, uh, I think the way that the sound designers were able to use the sounds of the prison production design hmm. okay. really was very fascinating. Uh, just the clanging of cell, cell doors, of course, yeah. and the the footsteps along a barren hallway. But also when you have when the prisoners are in their escape route um, trying to quiet their breathing as yeah. the guard is coming down the hallway, slowly turning the key inside of a, you know, the makeshift key inside of a lock yeah. and just the intense moments of, you know, palpable yeah. So tension, the, yeah. The sound design, so, yeah. the sound
0: mixing uh, really yeah. all yeah, played, a, played a strong role yeah. in this. So um, the standout sounds like the, the technical aspect, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe yeah. did, a, did a solid job oh, yeah, well. definitely. Uh, so, who would enjoy this film? Um, well, or would they uh, enjoy
1: this film? Yeah, I, you would certainly enjoy it. Uh, okay. My greatest is Solid B for it. Okay. Um, but it is a very suspenseful film, um, okay. and you have to kind of prepare yourself for, th- for that. You find yourself holding your breath a lot, and uh, that just goes to show how incredible the direction was, directed by Francis Annan. And okay. um, so, you really have to mentally and physically prepare yourself for it but it's also one that I think we all need to watch just okay. because of what it has to say about our world and uh, the injustices of racism, which right. even taking place 40 years ago, so the themes are still relevant today. Okay, awesome. So, so the relevance is still yeah, there. Relevance for, is still
0: there. Yeah. And the name of the film?
1: Escape from Pretoria.
0: Awesome. All right, Thomas gave that a B rating. We're going to take a quick intermission right here. Uh, and Greg, what was your rating again for The Invisible Man? B+. Plus. B+. Plus. And, you know, think about it. If uh, Harry Potter had been invisible, if he used that cloak of invisibility, mm. he could have escaped from Pretoria mm. a lot you easier. You mentioned the key. Wow. I was thinking about a port key. Exactly. It was there, like a oh, boot yeah, there. That's you right. know, I, right. I think, I think that, that yeah. Harry Potter just should have just gone back to the lessons yeah. he yeah, learned. Daniel Radcliffe
2: is making some really interesting acting <laughs> yeah. choices post Harry yeah. Potter. He really right is. Think? I
0: agree. Yeah. I agree completely. Well, we're going to take a quick, quick intermission. We're going to come back with a couple of interviews. We've got Anya Taylor-Joy and also Bill Nye, not the science guy talking about the film, Emma, right after this quick.
3: WE ARE ALL ABOUT TRAINING STUDENTS FOR EXCITING CAREERS. OUR BARBER ACADEMY IS A GREAT EXAMPLE. DID YOU KNOW JOBS FOR BARBERS, STYLISTS, AND OTHER RELATED FIELDS ARE INCREASING? COMPETITION FOR THE BEST JOBS WILL BE STRONG. WITH YOUR CCC TRAINING, YOU'LL HAVE A DEFINITE EDGE. OUR COURSES GIVE YOU THE SKILLS AND KNOWLEDGE YOU NEED TO SIT FOR NORTH CAROLINA'S APPRENTICE BARBER EXAM. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our barber academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today?
1: Sing and nursing apart, we know every card by heart. Oh, the
2: the lights, this is it. We'll hit the heights, and oh, what heights we'll hit. On with the show, this is it. Someone once said that without music, life would be a mistake. And that's how we feel here on Face the Music. Hi, I'm Summer castle Keever, and I'd love for you to join me each month on our new program, Face the Music, which airs on C19 TV and C19.tv. Each month, we'll highlight the talents, personalities, and stories behind some of the area's most gifted singers, songwriters, and musicians. It's going to be a lot of fun, so join me each month for a new edition of Face the Music right here on C19.
0: Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II along with Thomas Manning, Greg Tillman, and also uh, Tim Foster and the interns back there on the Tim Cam. We've lost our studio audience. We've lost our studio audience, but during the break, uh, Tim did line up the satellite links for two different interviews. Uh, The first one is going to be with, uh, is it, is that Anya, is that Anya Taylor we've got lined up first? Okay, Anya Taylor-Joy is lined up. Uh, You may remember her from the movie Split and Glass. Uh, she's been, past five years have been pretty amazing for her. Uh, and she's also going to be seen later on this year in The New Mutants. And uh, let's go to that interview, uh, if, if he's got it set up. Let's see if we can talk to Anya Taylor-Joy for the movie
3: Emma. Hello. Am I speaking hello. to myself? Oh, no, hello. Hi, Noel. <laughs> Hi,
0: Anya Taylor-Joy. How are you?
3: I'm good, thank you. Ah, thank you
0: so much for taking the time to speak with us on Meet Me at the Movies. Really appreciate it.
3: No, Thank you.
0: The last few years for you have been this whirlwind, and it seems like every time we turn around we're seeing your amazing talent. Uh, and I just want to talk to you a little bit about what that has been like for you, and then we'll dive in to, uh, to Emma. So, uh, so tell me what these last few years have been like for you.
3: I just haven't stopped making movies, which is, I think, <laughs> no, genuinely, I think my brain is cleverer than I am at times, if that makes any sense, because I've been so busy making work and you know, showing up every day and being different people and being around small groups of people that I almost feel like I woke up and I have 17 movies out and I'm just like, what happened to my life? <laughs> like, I have no idea when this happened. Um, so I've just been working and, and so grateful and lucky to have been working with people that I love and respect. I just, yeah, I feel very, very lucky.
0: Have you uh, been drawn to certain roles? Because when I look at the, the body of work, it, it is so diverse already. Um, it, are there certain roles that draw you or do you like that aspect of being somebody different in different time periods and, and, and different genres?
3: I mean, if I, could, if I could choose my career to be any which way, I would be genre jumping, different characters, different times, I would love all of that, and um, it's interesting that my career has started off in horror. Um, I'm so grateful that it did, because it taught me a lot about emotional depth, but I never set out to do that. It just so happened that those characters and those scripts really called to me, and um, Yeah, Emma was the same. It was the same thing of, I have to play this person, and I feel so deeply connected to her that I think I could tell the story right, hopefully.
0: Now, you say you're deeply connected to Emma. What is it about Emma that connects to you?
3: It's strange. With all of my characters, I've always been fiercely protective over them, and I've felt this kind of need to to tell their story right and to always defend them, and with Emma... There was this weird twin sister thing going on where she was experiencing her coming of age on screen and I was kind of experiencing my coming of age off screen. Wow. And you know, you spend so much time being these people. It's like 17 hours a day thinking, walking, breathing like these other human beings. And so there does eventually come a point where the line between you and the character gets a little bit blurred. Right, right.
0: Well, as you prepared for Emma, uh, talk about what you did to get ready for this role.
3: We were so lucky. We had a week of rehearsals prior, and that was just invaluable because you don't often get that in films. And Autumn DeWilde, our director, is such a brilliant film—sorry, uh, not film, friend matchmaker. Like She just brought together this group of people who all seem yeah. so uniquely suited to one another. And we just all fell in love with each other's talent, with each other as people, and it felt like we went on this, like, summer camp type experience with these incredible characters and we all had so much fun every day um and we had etiquette classes if you've ever thought that like having tea wasn't stressful when you're trying to do it <laughs> properly and holding the teacup in a certain way and not making any noise because Emma's meticulous about that stuff i think that's the most anxious i've ever been on a film set <laughs> it's trying not to make the teacup rattle and like keeping it all poised <laughs>
0: It sounds like you had so much fun yeah. doing this film. Talk about you, you talked about that matchmaking which I think ties in really well to the story of of Emma, but talk about the friendships that you developed uh, over the course of this.
3: Oh, it was amazing. You know, sometimes you you come onto these sets and you meet people that you just think, How did I live twenty three years on this planet without having known you? You're such a part of my life and um Yeah, I'm so lucky to have formed such close relationships with Bill and Josh and Johnny and Callum, and they're all so lovely. And then Mia and I had been, Mia Goth, and I had been best friends for four years, and Awesome didn't know that. And when she first met me to offer me the role, she brought out a picture of Mia and just went, I just feel like this girl could be your best friend. And I was like, I was on the phone with her this morning. (laughs) And so that experience was so magical to be able to play Harriet and Emma together, whilst at times difficult, because Emma can be very condescending to Harriet, and I didn't like that bit that much. Um, it, was, it was so useful to have that shorthand with somebody that you know so well that you don't need to speak about anything to be able to communicate.
0: That makes sense so much. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy, thank you for taking the time today. Really appreciate it, and uh, continue to, to follow your work, and excited about what's around the corner.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you for speaking with me. Bye-bye. I want
0: to thank Ani Taylor-Joy again for taking the time to speak with us today and I'm chatting a little bit because I think Tim's trying to set up the other interview link, you got it ready? He's fast. He is fast. Uh, We've got Bill Nye. Now Bill Nye, I love this guy. The science guy. Not the science guy. This is Bill Nye, not the science guy. I would rather see Bill Nye the science guy. (laughs) No you wouldn't. No you wouldn't. You love the movie About Time. Yeah, dude. He was the dad in About Time. Oh, and that guy. He's been in Shaun of the Dead. I uh, love. Uh, he's actually, been in so right. love actually so yeah. many other things. And we're going to talk to him. Uh, we'll talk to him in maybe about one of those films. And, science. In and science, yes. Yeah, yeah. Talk to him about science, and also we'll talk to him about Emma, the Jane Austen film. Hi, hey, Bill Nye, how are you, sir? Good morning, Noel.
4: I'm well, thank you. Hmm?
0: Marvelous. Well, thank you so much for taking time to hang out with us today and uh, and talk about uh, Emma and a little bit about uh, your work. Appreciate it. My pleasure. I have really appreciated your variety from Shaun of the Dead to Love Actually to the franchises like Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean. You're really no stranger to diversity in cinema as far as the type of roles you take on. And I've got to ask, is there one role that you feel is most like you? and why?
4: Well, uh, I'm maybe not the best judge, but uh, off the top of my head, I did a movie for HBO, BBC HBO called The Girl in the Cafe, which was not entirely me, but it was, it was a, quite a lot like my dad. And I, right. I, 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 ch- I decided to make it as a kind of tribute to my father. And I am not unlike my father. On occasions when my father passed on, my mother, when she saw me, would go very quiet because I was so physically like my father. And I think in terms of being, I suppose, reserved, uh, I think I get that from my dad. And, and in The Girl in the Café, he was extremely reserved, but uh, he was he was not, not entirely unlike me. I think it's marvelous when we can find those
0: uh, roles or things that can connect us to um, our lineage, and so uh, w- when you started talking about uh, connecting to your lineage, I was thinking, okay, is he going
4: to go to About Time and talk about his father being a time traveler? So, <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, no, actually, I t- actually, uh, that's absolutely correct. About Time, I did attempt to not do any acting, as it were. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I tried. Yeah. I said to Richard, I think this requires, you know, to be sp- to to not be. Co- to, to have no concession to the fact that, you know, you're in a movie kind of thing. Right. No kind of uh, heightened anything, no, no spin on it. And, uh, and I hope, you know, I think, actually, if you ask me that question again, I would probably say, About Time. <laughs> I wrote on, on the script of About Time, at the, on, the, on the cover page, I wrote Jason Robards because I saw a movie yeah. called Julia in which Jason Robards was just there in a way that, I'm not saying I am Jason Robards because I'm not Jason Robards, but he, and he was a great man, you know, a great director, right. a great actor. And yeah. uh, uh, but in Julia, I would, he made a deep impression on me because he was just there uh, in a very simple and fabulous way. Well,
0: speaking of like simple and fabulous, you know, look at your, your role in, in Emma, and it is that, it's simple and fabulous as well. And what was it about, the role for emma that uh, that really spoke to you and you said yeah i'd like to be a part of that
4: well what really drew me to it in the end was the way that autumn dewild the director who is a remarkable person and a fabulous director who's never directed a film before and boy has she delivered um, she spoke about mr woodhouse in a way that i kind of thought we might be in business He's a valetudinarian, not to be just, uh, uh, confused with a hypochondriac. A hypochondriac is obsessively concerned with their own health. A valetudinarian, apparently, I never knew this word either, is obsessively concerned with other peoples. In other words, he's a control freak and he's an uptight Englishman of a certain kind, which, right. you know, in terms of comedy, that's not a bad place to find right. yourself.
0: Right. I spoke with Anya Taylor-Joy uh, earlier about her preparation. For Emma and she talked about having to take these etiquette classes that kind of helped her and uh, did you do anything special to prep for your role in this film?
4: I didn't really do it I didn't do any of the classes I think I was away working somewhere but I, uh, I let the costumes kind of dictate how you move and I just and went over and over, went and over and over and over sense. and over on the lines in so no that sense. I knew them backwards so that I could give the impression in that I'd never said them before. That's mm-hmm. the gig, you know, I, so I could give the appearance of spontaneity even though it's archaic language which is not familiar in my mouth. Uh, and that was my major challenge. Wonderful. Well, well I had one final question from uh, friends of mine who are musicians. They're wondering, uh,
0: are the fruits ever going to get together again? Just wondering if that's going to happen.
4: I love this question. This is arguably my favorite question in the whole of my show business career. Uh, if, I, if I had an answer, I'd give it to you. I, I, hope, the, I hope the fruits will be back in some, one form or the other. It's not over yet. Excellent.
0: Well, uh, Bill Nye, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your body of work and uh, for, uh, for spending time with us today here on Meet Me at the Movies.
4: My pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: I'd like to thank Anya Taylor-Joy and also Bill Nye uh, for spending time with us talking about Emma, uh, the Jane Austen classic, kind of a different look at that. And uh, I appreciate their time. It's always a lot of fun to be able to get these interviews uh, and to spend time uh, with them and letting them spend time with us in our audience. I do appreciate you hanging out today. We uh, reviewed uh, Invisible Man, also Escape from Pretoria. And uh, maybe next week we'll do a take five on universal horror films that are essential. Maybe we can do that next week. Uh, so I'll leave you with a movie quote of the week. The movie quote of the week does come from Frankenstein, 1931's Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> how do you spell that? <laughs> Henry Henry Frankenstein says, crazy? Crazy am I? <laughs> we'll see if I'm crazy or not. So until next time, for Greg, for Thomas, for Tim and the interns, I'm Noel T. Manning II right here in Meet Me at the Movies. That's a wrap.
4: Oh